Here in Canada, it's often the fall season that we associate with cross-country, with winter being more reserved for indoor track. And while the reasoning behind this seems fairly sound, in a lot of the world, they see this time of year as being perfect for cross-country. There are two big cross-country meets coming up, the Pan Am Cup, March 4th in Florida, and the IAAF Cross-Country World Championships, which is happening March 26th in Uganda. Canada is sending teams to both, with runners qualifying at last year's cross-country nationals in Kingston. We caught up with three of those athletes, Nick Falk, Victoria Coates, and Trevor Hoffbauer, who are all putting together the final touches just before they take on the world in the next couple weeks. You're listening to The Terminal Mile. At the Terminal Mile on Twitter and Instagram, a Tracky Radio production. Nick Falk is a mid-D guy you definitely want to be looking out for in the coming years. Based out of Windsor, this master student PB'd in the 1500 last year to a blazing 340-51. Now obviously he has some serious cross-country chops as he punched his ticket to go to cross-country worlds against a very stacked field in Kingston at last year's cross-country nationals. We caught up with Nick in Windsor. All right, so obviously 2016 was a huge year for you, but I want to start with uh, with what's happening this year. I see you've jumped in a, in a couple of indoor races. Um, tell me about how training has been going coming up to IAAF World Cross. Um, training's going pretty well. I don't really have many complaints. Um, it's obviously been a bit of a grind, I would say, training for cross-country during a Canadian winter. Hmm. Um and most of my workouts have been alone lately. Um, we do have a very strong, you know, cross country and mid D group here in Windsor, but obviously most of the guys that I train with are gearing up for uh, the U sport championships and doing the speedy stuff on the track. So I've kind of been left out in the cold a bit doing, uh, the cross country stuff, but you know, I don't have any complaints. I've been uh, healthy for the most part, you know, and, um, been pretty good weather here in Windsor recently. So, um, training's going well and feeling pretty fit. You you speak about the uh, the Canadian winters, which uh, obviously can be a bit of a drag sometimes. Not not so much these past couple of days, but I'm taking a look at um, I'm taking a look at my weather app right now, which is set to Kampala, Uganda, which is where the IAAF Cross World Championships are going to be happening. Uh, it's currently 22 degrees out, um, with a high of 25, high of 28 tomorrow, high of 28 after that. So obviously, really yeah. really warm. How are you preparing for that? Um, well, there's not too much you can do, I would think, <laughs> um, whether, unless you want to, you know, train in the sauna. Um, we got, um, the NACAC championship. So coming up in uh, just less than two weeks, I think, and that's in Florida. So, I mean, that'll be a little, a little nice, uh, to get used to some hot weather, some training and some hot weather, some running and some, some humidity like that. Um, luckily I, you know, growing up in Windsor, we get some pretty hot and humid summers. So I'm actually, I think I perform pretty well in the heat. Um, like last year I was in Venezuela for Pan Ams and held up in the meat or in the heat. Um, several years ago, I was at Sisu championships in Uganda, <laughs> uh, same place. And, uh, I seem to do okay in the heat. So, you know, I'm not too worried about that. Obviously you got to hydrate and everything, but, uh, for the most part, I think you just got to be fit going in and mindset and hydrate well and, you know, put on the sunscreen. If we can uh, take a step back from cross country for a second, I do want to talk about the fact that you um, you got a PB in the fifteen hundred last year. Uh, talk to me about that race, and and I believe you actually traveled a fair distance to get there. So so talk to me a bit about that. Yeah, so that PB, um, I was able to run three forty mid. I think it was three forty point five or something in that realm, and that was at the end of my season or season and in Belgium. 
Um, I actually ran 340 three times last summer. So I just right around that elusive 340 barrier. Mm. Couldn't quite get under it. But, you know, it was definitely a good thing to know that I could be consistent in my races like that and that that was reflecting consistency in my training. And it was just about getting in those fast races, you know. But I definitely feel that, you know, this season I like to kind of dip under that 340 barrier. I think it's right there. And also, you know, maybe a sub-four mile I think is definitely there within reach. And that's a big goal of mine this summer. So do you plan on, on heading overseas to, to try and chase that again? Yeah, likely. You know, I really like the uh, the track and field scene over there. That was my first time racing over in Europe, and I thought the meets were just run spectacularly. Um, there's a really good fan base. Uh, they just ran very smoothly. Uh, people seem to really respect the track and the great fields. And, you know, you get to go to Europe, so it's a pretty great trip uh, mm-hmm. in itself. So I think I would probably see myself getting over there again at some point this summer. So from 1,500 meters to 10 miles, I saw that you were in the Boxing Day 10-miler in Hamilton, which I think is a pretty cool race. Uh, usually brings out uh, a couple of, you know, decent mid-tier names, uh, some, some good guys in there as well. Did you really feel prepared going into something that was, you know, 10 times longer than, than what you normally do? <laughs> and, uh, and how much were you hurting when you crossed that finish line? <laughs> yeah, good point. Well, it's funny because I do, you know, I consider myself a 1500 specialist on the track, but I also really enjoy cross country, which is upwards of 10K, and I feel actually very comfortable when I train for that distance. So obviously 10 miles is a little bit longer, and I was a little bit worried because at that time of year, you know, it's Boxing Day. No one's really in super or superb shape. No one's really peaking for that race. But, you know, surprisingly, I went in off my cross country um, base and actually felt really comfortable in it. Uh, there's a couple of guys I could work with in the race. Sammy Jabril, actually, who's going to be on the, the IAAF team with me, was in the race, so I could work with him through it a little bit. And it actually turned out pretty well and felt pretty comfortable and didn't hurt too much at the end. So who knows, maybe I'm a, I'm a half marathon guy at heart or something, and maybe I'll move up eventually. But for the time being, I think I'll stick with some speedy stuff. Well, take a look at, at the whole crossing. Uh, you, of course, were in Kingston this year. And uh, I, I have to wonder... Uh, as an OUA guy, you probably were pretty familiar with that Kingston course. Um, did did you feel like you had a bit of an advantage over some of the guys coming in from, you know, say, BC, Alberta, or mm-hmm. out east? Yeah, well, believe it or not, that was only my second time ever competing at that course. The first time being the national championship for the year prior. Oh, wow. That. So, yeah. So, But definitely, even just running on it once at a championship meet, was kind of enough to you know get a good feel for it. I've obviously been to the meet or the the course before, actually spectating a few times. But like I said, that was only my second time actually running on it. But I actually really do enjoy the course. Mm. Um, it's got a good mixture of kind of rolling hills and flat, and the footing was decent. I was worried that it would be a mud fest <laughs> this past uh, uh, November, but uh, it actually turned out to be okay as long as you know put in the 12, 12 millimeter spikes or whatever you got. So no, I actually felt pretty comfortable on the course. Um, and obviously knew the course well and where, you know, where to put in your surges and where you got to start working. So, uh, you know, I think, uh, it was an advantage. How, how did that race go for you? Uh, it was pretty well. It hurt a lot. <laughs> Most cross country races do didn't feel great, but I was pretty happy with the result. I ended up seventh. So I think, you know, early on, a couple of guys, you know, Ross, Proudfoot and Bruchette and Hughes, I think made a little bit of a break. So mm-hmm. I think for the most part, I was kind of in the chase pack with a group of the guys that would eventually be on the uh, national cross or Yeah, the national team with me being, you know, like Thomas Toth, um, Rory Linkletter, 
uh, Trevor Hoffbauer, I think, is on this show, and uh, mm-hmm. Sammy, and uh, who am I forgetting? Someone, <laughs> Evan, Evan Esling, of course. Yeah. So I was kind of in that chase pack for a bit, and just I just knew that I wanted to be in that you know top six to seven range, so I knew that would put me in good shape to uh, make the national team. So I just kind of grinded it out, and obviously started hurting uh, about you know five six k in, but I knew just digging the heels and hold on, and luckily I was able to do that. Uh, you mentioned how you're mostly a 1500 guy, uh, but you also enjoy doing cross country as well. How do those two fit yeah. together? I mean, like, how does one complement the other? Yeah, I would actually say that I think the 1500 complements cross country more than the other way around. Hmm. Uh, I think it's more very important, even if you're a longer distance guy, you know, running 10Ks or even, you know, half, that speed's very important. Um, I don't think people should move up in distance just because they don't think they have the wheels. I think it's something you really have to work on because when it comes down to it in any championship race, it almost always comes down to a kick, you know, mm-hmm. and the speedier guy is going to win, you know, on the, the world stage, the guys that are winning the 10 Ks, you know, are the same guys, guys that would, you know, used to win the 1500s back in the day, the 800s. So, mm-hmm. you know, I think your, your PB and the 15 and the eight really have to be good if you want to be a longer distance runner. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, I think that base that I do in cross country in the fall and apparently the winter now uh, <laughs> really helps me also, you know, in the spring and the summer because I have that fitness going in. That's such a good base. You know, they say the bigger the base, the pyramid, you know, the higher the pyramid. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, I think it complements it quite well. You know, and I also like just breaking up the year. You know, it's kind of a nice change of pace to do cross country 10K stuff longer stuff and then kind of move into the summer into the 1500 stuff. It makes it a little less monotonous, I guess you could say. Now you're, you're training down in Windsor. Um, you just finished up uh, a master's defense. I have to say that mm-hmm. there, it seems like there's something really special going on in Windsor right now. I mean, you have obviously people like Melissa Bishop, but you have uh, guys like Corey Belmore, who is just, I, I think he's just on, on the edge. I think he's going to do what probably what CPT did a couple of years where he's going to le- leave the CIS and, and all of a sudden he's going to, you know, just, you know, put down some killer yeah. times. But like I said, something really special going down in Windsor. Um, talk to me about training down there and, and what that's like. Yeah, well, I think Windsor's always had a real um, good history of success, both track and cross country. Um you know, the, I think the program that Dennis Farrell has built and the rest of the coaching staff around him, and uh, they've really left a legacy of that, you know, this is a track town and that we really develop runners. Um, I personally, I think coming in to the Windsor program, you know, I wasn't the greatest. I had, you know, I was okay in high school, but then kind of fell off the radar a bit. But I found that the focus in Windsor was really to develop you as an athlete personally and to make you improve and that you'd be a better runner later on. And I think that they do that with everyone, you know, and then that really accumulates into success later on by the time you're in, you know, your third, fourth, fifth year or whatever of university that you're ready to, you know, throw down. You have a bunch of guys that are championship caliber races, racers. And then obviously, you know, you mentioned like Melissa Bishop and as you know, there's a, a whole crew of alumni, including Melissa that, you know, we as runners at university can look up to and aspire to be as good as them. And like, as well as people you said, like Corey Belmore, you know, so. When I Googled your name to do some research for this interview, um, the top result was probably for a children's author who is obviously not you, but is also Nick Falk. Um, 
obviously, maybe it is me. <laughs> <laughs> perhaps I don't know. Maybe maybe you're having an English accent on me because I, I believe he's uh, he's from that part of the world. Um, <laughs> okay. But some some of his big sellers are how to beat Genghis Khan in an arm wrestle and how to stop an alien invasion. Um, if you could shed some light for me on how you would do either of those things, how would I win an arm wrestle uh, against Genghis Khan? Yes. Oh, against Genghis Khan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd probably let him win. Mm. <laughs> I don't think if I'd, I'd want to be on the bad side of Genghis Khan. So, uh, you know, I don't think there's a good strategy of that. Maybe distract him or something if I really wanted to win. But uh, I'm going to give him the W <laughs> in that case. <laughs> and to yeah. stop an alien invasion? Uh, stop an alien invasion? Um, well, you know, in the movie Signs, it appears that water is the, the weakness for aliens. So I'm probably going to load up a couple super soakers and just hide in my room or my basement for a while. Mm. And uh, that's probably going to be the best defense, I'm thinking, H2O. All right, perfect. You, you might have a career as a, as a children's author yet. Um, <laughs> lastly, I mean, you've already touched on it, but uh, what are some, some of the big goals for the year? Uh, well, obviously, I think immediate goals would be perform well at both the NACAC Cross Country Championships and the World Cross Country Championships. Um, obviously, it's really hard to, to measure yourself at these championships because you, you don't know a lot of the competition that you're going up against. You don't really know the courses that you're going to be doing, so it's hard to n- nail down like a place or a time that you'd like to hit. But I think I'd like to say, like, you know, maybe top Canadian at those championships. You know, I'll throw, it, throw that out there, maybe a little challenge for the guys if they're going to listen to this. Hmm. You know, pump them up a little to come after me, you know, because I'm going to be the top Canadian there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And um, as far as spring and summer racing goes, I think I would just like to maybe dip under that 340 barrier for the 1500 meter. I'm definitely going to still focus on that distance. So I'd be happy just to take away a PB. He is Nick Falk. He's training out of Windsor, and he will be heading to Uganda to uh, compete at the IAAF World Cross Country Champion. Uh, he is also a closeted half-marathon runner. You heard it here first. Uh, thanks a lot for being on the show this week, man. Yeah, no problem. Thanks a lot for doing this. Victoria Coates is an athlete that continues to impress. After a successful collegiate career with both McMaster and Queens a few years back, Victoria has gone on to show some serious prowess in longer distances on both the road and the track, debuting in the half marathon this past fall to a very respectable 116.54. Victoria also placed well at Fort Henry last November and will be repping the Maple Leaf in the coming weeks at Pan Ams and Worlds. So before we start talking about cross country and uh, and going to Worlds to compete there, um, I did want to touch briefly on on something that uh, I know a little bit about but not too too much so on the sheet it says that you compete for physical however the training group that you train with is a bit of an unofficial thing uh, run out of Dundas formerly known as the Victoria Coates Track Club oh no how did you find that oh boy oh boy I have some some inside sources I guess you could say um, talk to me a little bit about that because it sounds really neat how you've kind of gotten um, a bunch of training partners together um, out of almost nothing. Yeah, so um, after I finished school at Queen's, I stayed in Kingston for a little bit and I had a job there. Um, but I moved back to Hamilton in December of 2015, so just over a year ago. And I got back and essentially I had nobody to run with because, <laughs> you know, the, the McMaster team 
trains during the day and I work a full-time job. So it's not something I could be a part of. So I was kind of, you know, trying to figure things out and uh, had a couple of friends. I was really trying to coax into running with me and one in particular, Pat McKinnon, who's now my coach. We kind of started running together every day. I sort of convinced him to start coaching me, giving me workouts and they unofficially called it the Victoria Coats Track Club for a few months, the VCTC for short, but <laughs> eventually we, we got enough people together, just different friends from around the, around the Hamilton area. Um, and yeah, we've, we've now started an official track club. We just recently registered with um, Athletics Ontario. And now we're called the Dundas Valley Track Club. And we've been picking up some members here and there, just some people we've met at the track or out on runs, that sort of thing. And yeah, we have, I think, you know, a group, a group of about 30 people, not, not necessarily training with us every day, but kind of a Facebook group that we're in touch with all those people if they ever want to come out for runs, that sort of thing. Very cool. So will we see you at the, at the London, uh, the London distance series? I believe it's called the, the track series in London. Will we see a full team out there this summer? I hope so. I, I hope we're going to have a team at nationals next year. Maybe not on the women's side, but we, we definitely have enough people for the cross country team to field a full men's team. So that, that will definitely be, you'll see us out there. We're getting singlets. That's our next step. <laughs> so to qualify for, for world cross, uh, you had to compete of course, um, at Kingston at the national championships last year, as you mentioned, you actually went to Queens. So, did you feel like you had a real home course advantage uh, going to that course? Because I know that you guys probably trained there quite a bit uh, when you were a Gale. Oh, for sure. That that was a, a big blessing. I, you know, visualizing the course the weeks before the race, I'd play it through my head. I know every turn. I know where, you know, where the footing's a bit dicey in, in certain areas. So that was, that was a big advantage. Just You can play out every sort of scenario in your head when you know the course that well. And it's a course. It's a course that I like too. It's got those rolling hills. It really plays to my strengths. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. How did you feel that that race went? Looking back, um, perfectly. <laughs> that was everything I could have hoped for. Um, the beginning of the season, I kind of talked about, you know, putting it as a the a goal to make the world's team. But you know, it was always kind of out there, but not really sure if I could put it together and. That season just kind of went as perfectly as I could have planned. Um, I, I really feel like I peaked so well. I was just ready to go and excited for that race. And I, I went out and I fought for it. And I'm, it was just so exciting to, you know, snag that world's team spot. Also pretty big for you this this past fall, you ran your debut half marathon, um, I believe maybe about a month before this. How did, um, which I think is, is the longest distance that, you, that you've tried yet, how did that go and, yeah. and did it really play into training for, for cross or, you know, was it complimentary or did it take a little bit away? How do you feel about that? Um, I, yeah, that was, it is the longest I've ever raced. Um, and I, got, I actually got the idea from Steve Boyd. Um, I was kind of talking to him in the summer about what he, what, you know, when you're out of the school season, you got to pick your own races and it's a bit different. So I knew I wanted to run cross country and that was going to be the ultimate goal, but he kind of suggested trying the half marathon and I thought it was a perfect opportunity. I'm, I'm, you know, a strength runner. I like the longer stuff. The tempo stuff seems to work really well for me. So it really played into that. And I was able to focus on, on both 
cross country and the half marathon, I don't think it took away. I think if anything, it helped me. Like I, it made me just strong and ready for the the rolling hills, that sort of thing. Once we got to, into the cross country phase, but yeah, and I think the race went really well as well as my my first time. So it was quite nerve wracking, but um, I'm excited to try another one to see if I can, you know, bring down my time a little bit. Well, when do you see yourself doing that? Maybe when you come back, or or are you thinking next fall? Yeah, I'm thinking probably next fall. I think uh, still still in the works trying to figure out, but I probably want to do some road races in the spring and summer and do a little bit of summer track too. So probably looking forward to the fall to get into the longer stuff. Speaking of some of the longer distance uh, stuff, you made quite a few waves this this past fall um, when you took a very public stand about uh, the length of the Ontario Championship uh, course uh, that the senior women would be running. Um, maybe you could just uh, provide a, a couple of words on that. Yeah, you know, I'm not really someone that usually speaks out on, you know, I, I always have an opinion. I don't necessarily say it publicly all the <laughs> time, but this is something I just really felt so passionate about. Um, it's just just bizarre that we've continued to have this differences and uh, distances between the men and the women. And, you know, I just was really feeling it's not fair. I, you know, I, I was so happy that at the national level, they had made the change to have equal distances for men and women, but there's no reason why it shouldn't be the same at the provincial level. Um, we need to be given the same opportunities as the men. And, and I'm somebody who feels like I was a bit disadvantaged going through the, the CIS system. Um, and that, you know, for most of my career in the CIS, I was running 5k and that's all I ever trained for. And I was kind of scared of the longer distances and I, I struggled to even run 10k. So it took me a couple of years to even get comfortable with that. So I don't want other people to be disadvantaged in that way either. So I just felt it was, it was important to take a stand. And I, from what I've heard, they are going to change it for next year. So I'm, I'm happy to hear that. So now that you have moved on from school, I mean, you've obviously taken those steps where you've, you've run a half marathon. Um, I believe I called you at a race uh, this past summer when you ran a track 5,000 as well. Do you feel like you've, you've come into your own now that you've, and, and you're more comfortable with, with running those longer races now? Oh, for sure. I actually, I ran a 5k on the track at Spire a few weeks ago. And now that was, oh, I'm coming down to run some, some speedy stuff. So <laughs> I am definitely a lot more comfortable with the longer stuff. And I'm excited to see what I can do just because I haven't, haven't really tried, tried my hand at all the distances yet. So um, yeah, I'm excited to, to keep pursuing some of the longer stuff. I think 10k could be you know, could be my sweet spot for a little bit and maybe moving up to the, the half marathon, potentially the marathon in the future. Mm -hmm. Taking a look at, uh, at the upcoming meets, uh, your, your cross commitments, uh, I believe NACAC as well as, as worlds this year, what are some of the goals that you have for those meets? Um, it's, it's kind of hard, <laughs> kind of hard to, to put goals specific goals, you know, with the track race, it's easier, a lot easier to say a time or something like that. But mm -hmm. I want to, I, to perform at these races. So I don't just want to go there for the experience as cool as it is. And as much as I want to soak in the experience of competing on the world's team and for competing for Canada, um, I want to go there and perform. So I'm really focusing on trying to peak properly for these races, just like I did for national. So trying to replicate that and uh, just be a contributing member of the team and, and, yeah, like I said, just just perform on the day.
you've uh, you've mentioned that you have your eyes towards the marathon in the very distant future. So I have to think that the hot topic of a couple of weeks ago was when Athletics Canada released their their World Championship marathon standard, and it was in line with the IAAF standard, which is mm-hmm. something that's fairly new. Um, did you have you know obviously it doesn't do much for you now. However, how did you feel seeing that? I was very happy to see that. And, you know, I, I've read a lot from, from other athletes who are trying to pursue the marathon. And I know it's definitely going to, you know, help them in that, give them a chance to compete on the world stage. Um, and it certainly made me consider the marathon more, you know, the potential. And when the standards are relaxed a bit, there's potential that I could be one of those people in the future that would get to represent Canada. Um, so it definitely put it on my radar a bit more that, you know, maybe I will jump up to the marathon. She is Victoria Coates and, uh, she is the namesake of the former VCTC. Now the Dundas Valley track club, I believe I'm almost a hundred percent sure on that in on athletics, Ontario sanctioned club. Um, uh, we wish you the very best, uh, as you, as you continue, uh, on in these, in these upcoming cross races and, uh, and hopefully we'll see you at, at a few more races this summer and uh, at Nationals next year. Okay, thanks so much, Michael. Trevor Hoffbauer is possibly one of the gutsiest runners and people that I've had the pleasure of meeting. And so far, it's paid off for him. Check the interview to hear what I mean. So obviously you have a couple of months ahead of you that are going to be very exciting with the World Cross. But first, I want to talk about some of your more recent races. Uh, this past weekend, you were in Grimsby. You ran the Family Day 10K. Uh, you were under 30 minutes for that. Uh, you also ran the Refrigerator in what looks like awful conditions, just snow on the ground, slush everywhere. Uh, you also ran that pretty quickly as well, too. Those are some pretty low-profile races, but some big wins from you in both of them. How are you feeling right now going into international cross-country? I'm feeling pretty good, to be honest. Um, those those races were uh, they were good by my standards. Refrigerator, I wanted a quicker time, but given the conditions, I'm happy with it. And then also with the Grimsby 10K, uh, that was a personal best for the 10K on a certified course. So uh, any day you can take a personal best uh, has got to be good. So uh, I'm yeah, I'm really looking forward to Worlds, and even with Pan Am or NACAC, whatever race it is coming up. Uh, I'm looking forward to those and I'm feeling like I'm in a position where I could contend and be up amongst the top guys. Speaking of uh, training and, and leading up to big events and, and that sort of stuff, I, I want you to talk to me uh, about nationals and the buildup for that. What was the training like going into, into Kingston last year? Yeah, so the buildup going into Kingston was very simple, actually. Um, the year before, when I was training for Philadelphia, I, my coach Jamie and I, we basically did our training off of Jack Daniels, and uh, we were doing that for multiple years leading up to whatever race we would do. So I was pretty familiar with the program, and uh, I kept a log of that on the computer as well. So uh, with the shape that I was in, going into Philadelphia and watching that national race the year before when Ross won, I thought to myself that I'm in really good shape right now and I'm sitting at home and I could be in that race right now competing and finishing amongst the top guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so keeping that in mind, going into 2016 and going into cross-country nationals, I literally took 
a copy and <laughs> pasted it from the Philadelphia buildup. And I did the exact same training program as Philadelphia and then just ran the race at nationals. Tell me about that race at, uh, at Kingston this year. Yeah. So going into that race, we had a race plan to, uh, or at least my race plan was to go in through the first 5k in about 15 minutes and then just figure out how much I had left in the tank after that and just put everything else on the line. And whenever I go into races, um, I approach it differently and I, everybody can get caught up with who's in the race and they can get intimidated by who's in the race as well, by being big named athletes, Olympians, um, fast personal best, but I just view every other athlete as a regular person. And it doesn't matter who they are. If they're ahead of me, my goal is to catch them because it's a race and mm-hmm. the objective of every race is to finish in first or be the best one out there. And, um, going through the halfway point of that race, I didn't look at my watch or anything, but I was feeling good. And I felt like I had some more left in the tank. And then that final kilometer, I was hanging out with that chase group and Evan was, uh, right beside me. And I kind of, I kind of gave him a signal down low towards my hip to say that I was going to start going. And, uh, I wanted him to come along with me. So I gave him a little signal and I just, I just ran <laughs> for that last kilometer. And, um, I almost caught Luke and, uh, I really wanted to get that win, but, uh, placing third was, uh, placing third was more than acceptable. And I'm just happy that I got that race done with. What did you think of, uh, of the course when I ran it the day before it was, it was a little bit slick in some areas, especially, um, on that big hill at the back of at the back of the course. Uh, I, I almost slipped there. A couple of guys that, that I was running with, uh, they definitely ate some dirt on the way down there. What did you think of the condition of the course and, and the setup of it? I thought the course was really well done. Um, I thought it was a fast course as well. There was no wind or not a lot of wind at all. And I thought it was fast. Uh, it's coming from Alberta where you have these really hilly courses and some of the courses that we have up there are really muddy as well. So um, just being used to those courses it makes you really strong building up for uh, the Kingston course and going into that Kingston course. Yeah. I really had no problem going around the corners. Some of them were muddy, but I just focused on getting my spikes down first and kind of pivoting my foot around the corner Hmm. as well as shifting my body around the corner before I actually started going. Uh, So that kept me on two feet. And even that downhill part, I just put my body weight forward and, sprinted down it and thankfully I didn't eat it or anything like that but it was a little bit slippery back there usually with uh with the world cross-country team there's always a little bit of uh a bit of a lag time and and no one really knows who's going to be on the team because no one really knows who's going to you know turn it down or or definitely be on board for the team was there any hesitation there for you or did you know that you wanted to be a part of that world team no hesitation at all that was my goal and once I got that little golden ticket at the finish line, it was easy. I could have given my confirmation right there on the bat and just said, yeah, that was it. Have you, have you wore the, uh, the national kit before? I have, uh, last year in Puerto Rico, they sent me a national kit to wear for that race. And that was a cool experience wearing it for the first time. Just there's a different feeling with wearing a Canada, singlet or maple leaf singlet that he burned um 
I don't want to sound negative, but I know that you can buy the singlet off of Vapex Canada. And just the feeling of earning that singlet is, oh, no words can explain. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Since that big race in, in Kingston, uh, you've also, you know, you've, you've made some big moves in your life as well, um, I guess. Literally, you've, you've moved from your home in Alberta uh, to now you're in Ontario training with the Speed River group. Um, why? <laughs> Good question. Um, I feel like I have a lot of potential and I feel like I can do something uh, really good in this sport physically. And the reason why I moved out here is to discover that, figure out how far I can push my body, how far I can push, uh, push myself mentally and just to see what I can do while I'm young. Um, I have a few dreams and this is one of them. And while you're young and while you still have the ability, it's important to pursue your, pursue your dreams because everybody wakes up every day and they have a choice and I never want to be one to wake up and um, look at my life and say, Oh, I wish I was doing something different. Or when I was younger, I really wish I, I did this. Um, I just don't want to go through life with regret. And even though it was a big step to move from home, to leave my family, to leave my friends, um, it, it just, it's with a greater purpose to be out here. And I know that life will transpire um, throughout, throughout the days here. But yeah, it just, there's a bigger dream. And I just want to see what I can do. So how has, the, how has the move been going? Have you been adjusting to the fact that there's no safe ways around here? <laughs> Safeway was my go-to grocery store in Calgary. <laughs> and now it's not here. So I had to adjust to going to theirs. And um, yeah, <laughs> the move so far has been really good. I make all of my meals, except for the couple days a week when we go for dinner at the works. Um, that place has awesome burgers and they have really good milkshakes as well. So I enjoy going there. Um, but I make all my meals. Um, I get a good quality sleep every night too. And, uh, yeah, the, the move has been really comfortable so far. Some days, some days they're difficult because you are away and isolated from your friends and family that you've known for so many years, but they're only a call away and the world is only as small as you think it is. So, Mm. Uh, being able to connect by the phone makes everything easier and um yeah it's it's nice being out here i love it i remember um when i was a lot younger we we took a family trip out to out to western canada we have some family out there and um all i remember is going to the safeway one time and getting this off-brand dr pepper i think it was called like dr skipper or something and it was the, it was the safeway house brand and I, I don't know. I don't know if I've just missed it or if I just think it's it's a hilarious name. Um, you know, is there anything in Alberta kind of like that where you can't get it here and you kind of miss it now? Oh, man. I can't think of anything on the spot. Um, uh, <laughs> the one thing that I do miss that you can only get in Alberta, though, um, there's this place in Banff called Mountain Chocolates. Mm. And I go there like every second week to just spend the day in Canmore and Banff and I would always put down like 
$30 to $50. <laughs> and I'm not over-exaggerating. That's the actual figure on fudge and chocolate. And I'd, I would consume probably 75% of it and then give the other 25% to my sister and my dad. <laughs> and that's the only thing that I'm missing out here. And with not having a job out here too, I can't really <laughs> spend my money uh, like that anymore mm-hmm. on kind of those sweet, delicious things. Uh, even though uh, I went to Niagara Falls a few weeks ago, and Jeremy Ray and I, we went into this little outlet center and there's uh, Rocky Mountain chocolates and I spent $50 on chocolates again. <laughs> but that was only one time. And <laughs> I got to learn from that. Speaking of Alberta, we had um, a pretty good conversation after Cross Country Nationals um, about coverage of runners in Alberta. I mean, obviously, there are some really good ones out there right now. Um, I mean, Rory Linkletter is going to be a teammate. He's from Alberta. Um, I believe I just saw that they had Athletics Alberta just had their their dinner banquet with people like Emily Setlack. I mean, like a really good scene out there. Why do you think it's not getting as much coverage as it could? Good question. Yeah. Um, yeah, just putting more thought into that. Um, maybe Alberta is just a little bit more low-key and... I'm not saying it's a bad thing that there's not a lot of coverage out there. Um, and when I think about it even more, maybe it's, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe that's what makes Alberta and Saskatchewan a gem because it can take a lot of stress off of athletes. And I know that athletes in Vancouver and also in Ontario in Victoria, BC, they, they get covered frequently. And as an athlete, when you don't have a lot going on, and you're just focusing on, on the sport, if you have a lot of coverage on you, uh, it sets up expectations in your mind that you have to produce uh, and produce at a high frequency so that sometimes that can push that athlete a little bit farther and sometimes that goes too far. So when you don't have a lot of coverage on that athlete, maybe it takes the stress off. And maybe that's the gem about Alberta is it just allows athletes to train stress-free and not be worried about that outside pressure to produce. Uh, all the time. So even with the group of, like, there's a solid group in Calgary with um, Mike Van Tegum as a coach, with Jess O'Connell, Maria Bernard, um, Bridget Pike pops, or Bridget Pike pops in there every once in a while. Um, and I'm missing one more name. I'm going to kick myself in the butt for it. But there's a good group of girls out there that train hard together and they don't get covered too frequently. And I think that's great for them because they can just train stress-free. But there's also a really solid group in Edmonton with uh, Matt Normington's running group that, or yeah, Matt Normington's running room group that he has. Uh, he has about, I think it's 20 to 30 athletes in total. If you include the Concordia group, uh, they're all talented athletes as well. So um, there's a lot of potential in Alberta and same with Saskatchewan and Manitoba, but just training under the radar it allows you to pop up every once in a while and be that underdog. One thing that I've really appreciated about uh, about your running career so far is that uh, you set very ambitious goals, but you always seem to follow through with them. Uh, and even if you don't reach quite to, to quite to where you wanted to, uh, the result is always very impressive. I'm thinking of uh, the Calgary Half Marathon a couple of years ago when you podiumed there. Uh, at the Canadian Half Marathon Championships, uh, at the Philadelphia Half Marathon when you qualified for, or when you put down a qualifying time for the for the World 
half marathon championships. Uh, the sun run was, was same sort of deal. What's the, what's the process behind setting your goals? I mean, they may seem ambitious to the rest of us, but, uh, how do you put them in your mind? Yeah. Thanks for that, by the way. Um, I feel like this, we're all really strong performances and, um, to the rest of the world, they might've seemed like little outbursts or, uh, little moments of glory, but to me, it was just status quo. And with those big ambitious goals, you just have to, you have to place the goal. Uh, yeah, you have to put the goal in place and you have to strongly believe in your ability, uh, to do it. And the biggest thing with it, anybody can write down a goal. Um, but if you don't put in the work and if you don't believe you can do it, it won't, uh, it won't come through. So with all of those big races that I've done and some of those shining moments, uh, never once did I doubt myself. Hmm. And that's the biggest thing is it's all up top. It's your mindset towards those goals that you have. And uh, anybody can achieve a goal that they set. It's just the mindset. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Hmm. With that being said, um, you know, I have to ask you now, uh, what goals do you have for, for NACAX and for, for World Cross? Hmm. Um, haven't thought too much about that. Um, we'll have to see. I think that if we can go into Pan Am or if we can go into Pan Am, NACAC, whatever it is, and Worlds, and if we can work as a cohesive unit, uh, work as a group. So there's the six of us on the team. If we can create ourselves this own little pack, and I know that we all have individual goals for these races, but if we can work together as a unit, uh, I think all of us can uh, PB or place really high in these races. It'll give us a better shot at placing high up in those races as well, because you are as a group. It's kind of like the training we have out here in Guelph in Guelph. Um, I think uh, running together as a group is going to be more important than individual results. And I have not discussed that with uh, anybody else except for Evan. Um, But yeah, that's just my approach towards the next two races. It's more of a team result, not as a individual result. So I have to know what's, uh, what's the plan afterwards uh, after the, after world cross. Yeah, so after World Cross, I'm going to go to Vancouver, and I'm going to run the Sun Run again. Uh, that race is always really well put on, and BC Athletics is so supportive of other athletes from different provinces as well. So uh, that was an easy one to put on the schedule. And then in May, I'm going to go home to Calgary, and I'm going to run the half marathon. And I don't care who's in that race. I'm <laughs> going to win that race. <laughs> mm. And uh, that's something I want to do for that city. So uh, I'm going to go home in May, and then I'm going to come back to Guelph in June, and I'm going to run the Speed River Inferno 10,000-meter champs. And that's, that's the spring right there. And then we'll move on. I have nothing planned for the fall yet. Just uh, just one more question. Uh, it was it was big news about a week ago when with Athletics Canada released its standards. Um, and as far as the marathon goes, they they chose to go with the IAAF standards, uh, which is a, a lot slower than what they've gone with in the past. Um, I personally think that it's it's a great thing. Uh, it'll help a lot of up and comers get into that race and uh, and get some national team experience. And 
a race that really demands experience, in my opinion. Uh, what are your thoughts on on the new two nineteen, um, the two nineteen qualifying time? Uh, I know you have your eye on the marathon somewhere in the future. So, what does this mean to you? Um, first off, I agree with you, and for the reasons that he put down, I completely agree. It's a very bold, strong move by FX Canada to do that so we can help develop the next group of marathoners. And uh, it just allows that team to be filled as well. And some athletes might want to go, some athletes might not want to go, but that opens up the door for other athletes that have qualified. So we'll see what happens with that. And uh, I just hope that athletes can strive towards that 219 goal and hit it. And the more the merrier. So for me personally, doesn't affect me at all. Um, my goal eventually is to be strong as a marathon runner and seeing that 219 right now doesn't affect me. So I'm sticking to my own plan. And um, when the time comes to run a marathon or to qualify for some national race, that time will be there, but it's not currently right now. So <laughs> I'm just sitting in my chair, relaxing and worrying about cross country. He is Trevor Hoffbauer, AKA, Nacho Libre, uh, and he has moved from Calgary to Guelph, Ontario, and he will be running in uh, the World Cross Country Championships. Uh, thanks a lot for being on the show this week, man. Thanks for having me on, Michael. It's always a pleasure. Well, that wraps up another edition of the Terminal Mile. Big thanks to my guests this week, Nick Falk, Victoria Coates, and Trevor Hoffbauer, as well as to Tracky for their ongoing support. Remember, if you want to find us on the web, we're on Instagram and Twitter at The Terminal Mile. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and of course, tracky.ca. Thanks to you for listening. This has been The Terminal Mile, a Tracky Radio production.